This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in Hello today's Hello, everybody, and welcome world. today to our podcast. Uh, we have a very interesting guest, Tony Corrado, with us. Uh, Tony, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Altez. As Altez says, my name's Tony Corrado. I'm semi-retired after 20 years at IBM, some years at AT&T, have worked on multiple continents. In fact, the only continent I haven't been to and done something in is Antarctica. And I have to admit, I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> but been interested in security going back into the 70s and been involved in open group security forum and on the steering committee there for a number of years, which is how I got to know Altas. Wonderful, that's great. So Tony, you bring to the table a wealth of experience and a long shadow in terms of the history of where we're at. So I'm just gonna dive right into it and open up with a question. We hear a lot about zero trust today. Now, when we talk about zero trust, first of all, uh, is this different from what we've done historically? Can you give us some context of zero trust here? Sure. So is zero trust different? I would have to say, yes, it's different. But if you ask the question, is it new? I would say not as new by any means as people think. Zero trust's history goes back to the Jericho Forum, which started to talk about the term they used was deperimeterization, the notion that organizations were becoming increasingly connected in a bunch of ways. And Jericho Forum was formally launched in 2004, but the precursor discussions go back to discussions originated out of the Royal Mail in the UK in 2003. And the the key notion is that, and this is where the Jericho name comes from, the idea of building walls that will sit behind our walls and be safe really hasn't been valid for a while. And I'll even go back to one of the first people that really created the concept of firewalls, which is still what most traditional technology security really depends on, mm -hmm. that was Bill Cheswick. And Chess said, you know, a firewall around your network was pretty much the hard, crunchy shell around the soft, chewy center. And of course, if you depend primarily on perimeter defenses, that's what you have. The difficulty is the perimeters really changed. Yeah, that's interesting. So that brings us, I think, to a logical question is what's different then about zero trust compared to our current security models? You talked about the network. So does zero trust do away with this? Is it something new? What's different here? So zero trust doesn't really do away with anything except, and this is important, the idea that if you build the wall and the moat and have strong gates and ferocious guards, first of all, that they'll only pass things that somehow they recognize and can deal with appropriately and reject if they don't like it. And second, that inside that wall, we're all protected and therefore safe. The problem is when you go to how do businesses need to work today, number one, and number two, how does technology need to work today? 
So there are important concepts, and, and they really come to a question of business value. And business value and technology get really seriously intertwined here. And the business value is, and we are in a pandemic, we all are hoping that gets managed to some former state fairly soon, but it's imposed a lot of changes on businesses. And those changes probably don't go away. You can look at the list of employers who are saying, for example, we're going to work remotely for a long time. But the other thing is businesses that have to morph in how they do things. So suddenly companies like Instacart become really critical to retailers. And that means those systems have to be connected. You look at others where a company shifts or takes on a new business. Some months ago, for example, the major automotive uh, manufacturers in North America all started deploying their manufacturing capabilities to do things like produce face masks and ventilators and so on. And that required picking on partnerships very quickly for some period of time, which may be a short time or a long time, but welding systems together. And what Zero Trust tries to look at is how do I layer trust into that relationship? And it starts with the idea that I'm protecting more than just my border at what I have traditionally thought of as a network edge. And instead, I start thinking about assets in that border. And those assets may be information stores. They may be what we classically call an API, access to systems. And I have to think about each of those is requiring the ability to say, oh, now I can work closely with Altaz's company and I'm going to create a bridge and have it work for some period of time until that need to work is no longer there. And I can do that with trust that the technology people have understood that need and provided appropriate protection to let the business people get on with doing what they need to do to keep the business functioning and making money. Yeah, and I think that's a key point. So the business value of zero trust now compared to other security models is we've evolved just as the business models have evolved, our security models are now evolving in order to both provide uh, the enablement from a business perspective, but still be able to manage the risk from a security standpoint to give the businesses what they're looking for. And now there's that assurance that's built in. But the fundamentals around the interplay between security and the business still largely say the same. It's just the models have shifted, so we need to adapt to that. Am I correct in my understanding of what you're proposing here? Uh, absolutely. I, I do want to add one other word, though, and that word is speed. Hmm. Traditionally in security, we've had plenty of time to think about changes, frankly, go out and scratch our heads, try and ask ourselves what needs to change and take a lot of time to do it. The world has changed in that businesses simply must be able to act swiftly. And to be able to do that, you can't go build new security systems from scratch when a business need comes up. A security system construction and implementation takes months. We're talking about business changes in some cases, and this may sound unlikely, but in fact, it's true. 
needing to happen in days and more commonly in weeks. You don't get six months to go away and think about it. Mm-hmm. So speed becomes really important. And I think the question of how do you get to be able to act with speed is plan and prepare in advance, understanding that requirement to act with speed while being secure is going to show up in probably terms, uh, unless you've got truly superb IT leadership uh, that are very well connected at the business, they may not know it's coming until suddenly somebody shows up and says, in two weeks, we have to do this. The solid business business IT organization can say, yep, We've been preparing for this for months. Go for it. That's where we need to be. Right now, mostly, we're not there. Mm -hmm. Got it. And that's where this whole conversation in the industry is is shifting uh, to help us to address this. Tony, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your time. Again, just the wealth of experience you've got has really helped us to understand the space a little bit better. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Glad to have the discussion. Can't get enough of the balancing act? Make sure to check out our website at www.securitycompass.com and be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes. Mm-hmm.